Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good morning. Scott Luton, Greg White with you here on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to the Supply Chain Buzz, our regular Monday live stream, 12 noon Eastern time. Greg, how you doing? I am doing well. I'm glad to get my buzz on. (laughs) (laughs) Every Monday, 12 noon, like clockwork, right? Yeah, right. Uh, If only it were an actual buzz. But (laughs) (laughs) we'll save that. That would make this show a lot harder for us to do. (laughs) That's true. All right. So it is the supply chain buzz yeah, uh, where we share some of the leading stories across global business every Monday, 12 noon Eastern time. And today, Greg, just in case you didn't know, we've got a special guest joining us around 1225 p.m. Eastern time. The one and only Fergal Glenn with Six River Systems, which is a company doing big things in industry. He's going to be here with us. Greg, one heck of a guest, right? Yeah, I'm excited. They are uh, managing the robot takeover of the world. Uh, <laughs> led by chuck right that's right. an army of no chuck. i mean i think what they're doing is cool you know uh robotics automation autonomous all going to be huge part of the the landscape of supply chain going forward uh you know we say this all the time scott we had two million unfilled jobs in supply chain in 2019 before anyone knew what supply chain was and now right. that gap is even broader so it's important that we embrace and do so appropriately. And we're going to talk about how to do that as well. The in, increase in automation and autonomous and robotics. Agreed. We're going to be talking automation, all that stuff Greg just mentioned and workforce and how the, all that uh, wires together and creates opportunities for all. So buckle up and get ready. And Hey, we want to hear from you too. So we're going to say hello to a few folks in the comments and we'd love to hear your take on what you hear as we work our way through the conversation. Hey, Greg, uh, yes, Scott. quick, Programming note, though, before we get started and before we say hello to some folks, let's talk about our 2022 Supply Chain and Procurement Awards because nominations are open, Greg, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, this is a global, this is a global award ceremony where we want companies from around the world. Hey, we're willing to take interstellar nominations as well, but feel like communication could be a difficulty. Uh but yeah, get, nominate those companies, whether they're practitioners or service providers or people that are doing great things in supply chain. Check out all the categories of awards that we have on the website, supplychainprocurementawards.com. That's right. And and uh, make sure that the people doing the best in the industry are getting recognized around the world. It's kind of weird, isn't it, Scott? Around the world. It is weird. But you know what's really cool about it? Uh, Folks, as Greg said, nominate, 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 right? We've had some recent entries from Packard, our friends over at Packard, Fulfilled, Longbow Advantage. We've had uh, Rose Martin with WinTech nominated for the Unsung Hero Award. It's organizations, enterprises, individuals, practitioners, you name it. And the great thing is, is a $200 is a nomination, uh, $200 nomination fee. And all that gets donated to our friends at the nonprofit Hope for Justice, which is uh, leading the fight at eradicating 
uh, modern slavery and human trafficking. So learn more at supplychainprocurementawards.com. Greg, excited. Coming up on May 18th, right? Yeah, and 100% of your uh, nomination fee going to a good cause. That's so right. I, I think it's great, Scott, the way that you, you and Kelly have constructed this thing to be giving in every single facet. Agreed. So, that, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, I know, you know, we, we used to do the Atlanta Supply Chain Awards, right? You right. did it for a number of years, even before. Um, and we just decided to broaden that to give a world perspective because we have such an incredible world audience. So I think it's going to be interesting to see not just who gets nominated, but where they come from. Right. The best, I mean, Jerry. There, there the best. Supply chain, there's supply chain excellence all over the world. Agreed. Agreed. No, let's celebrate uh, that. One, <laughs> absolutely. It's so important. Uh, and celebrate it while contributing towards uh, one of the issues of our time. Um, one last thought about that. You know, we did, we did do the Atlanta Supply Chain Awards for uh, a couple of years. Um, and we heard, you know, we, we, during those years, we restricted it to companies that had operations in the metro Atlanta area. And we heard so much from folks around the globe. Hey, can, mm -hmm. are we eligible? And we had to tell them no. Well, I got tired of telling people no. So it is global. And wherever you are, no matter how big, how small, you name it, uh, uh, interstellar, I don't care. You're all eligible. And join us to celebrate not only the successes you're having, but to celebrate, uh, to, to donate uh, and fuel a great cause. Okay. Amen. Supplychainprocurementawards.com. Let's say hello to a few folks. Speaking of the best ecosystem no in the entire world, Josh Goody is tuned in from beautiful, rainy Seattle. Happy Monday and last day of February to you all. Josh, I'm hoping you're bringing it again today. You know, Greg, he's been with us uh, some prior live streams, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like so many people, Josh brings some great insights to, to these things. It's great having people interact with this. That's the best. It is the best. Uh, Kavan is tuned in as always. Uh, the new abnormal, something he coined long before we heard That's that put out there. Uh, Kavan, I hope, hope this finds you well. Max Gomez from Mexico is tuned back in via LinkedIn. There we great go. Great to see you, Max. Yeah. He will. You will, perhaps. And if I got that wrong, I apologize. Tune in from Ethiopia. So great to see you here via LinkedIn. Love to get your comments as we work our way, EUL, throughout the conversation here today. We've got the Royal Ambassador of the Charleston Supply Chain Ecosystem, Sylvia yes. Judy. Great to see you, Sylvia. Yeah, right. Always, always good to have a finger on the pulse of the big ports on the East Coast and that Sylvia is in touch with that. Also <laughs> keeping us in touch with Germany, right? That's right. So I think I saw, I think I saw some recent uh, photos related to a uh, um, uh, visit, recent visit of hers. But we'll maybe she'll share. Maybe she'll share. Sylvia, and great to have you here. Regardless, Lamont Hardy from San Diego, right, Greg? Yeah, yeah. I, so Lamont was active this weekend. I think I saw a few a uh, few posts from him and some comments on some things this weekend. I, I mean, it's amazing. You know, you don't think of everybody being kind of active all the, all the time, but just like supply chain, supply chainers never stop, right? Never stop. Never stop. Lamont, great to have you here today. Eddie is tuned in from Memphis, Tennessee. Love that, Eddie. Look forward to your perspective. Peter's tuned in from Kenya via LinkedIn. Great to see you, Peter. Uh, David holding down the forward up in Canada. David, hope this finds you well. Great to see you here today. Tim Love Perkins. to get an update on that beard, David. Oh. And, and that picture, what, that's a few months old now, I think. So I'd love oh, to yeah, see definitely. if he's growing that out or if he's shaping that up. So 
Maybe you could just share that in the feed. We need the beard update, uh, David. Uh, it's a good Beard's call on. out there. <laughs> Tim Perkins. Hey, Peter Bole, all night and all day is back uh, with us here. Peter, hope this finds you well. Uh, let's see here. Chris is tuned in from Ruston, Virginia. Ever been to Ruston, Virginia, Greg? I'm embarrassed to say I don't know that. Uh, <laughs> I've been to a lot of places in Virginia and, and through a lot of places in Virginia. So. Where is well, you're going to have to let us know, Chris. In Virginia. Right. You're going to have to let us yeah. know where that is. The name Irwin sounds really familiar, but I just don't know. Is it okay if I look it up on a map, Scott? Please, yeah. Okay. Do that as I'm saying hello to yeah, a ahead. few other folks here before we dive in. Uh, Irwin from Jakarta. Great to see you, Irwin. Uh, let's see. Peter's giving us a weather update. Uh, 14 degrees Celsius up in Montreal today. Minus. Sounds I think cold. that's a minus 14. So oh, is, that, is it? <laughs> is it a minus? Uh, mercy. Luke, uh, let's see here. Oh, yeah. I show Luke Small is with us here. And, and I, I can't find his comment here, but Luke, great to have you here. Hope this finds you well. Rowett, we're getting is close. From, we're getting close. Yeah. Now. We're getting close to my favorite <laughs> holiday and okay. probably Luke's favorite holiday, St. Patrick's. Right. To you, That's Irish right. One. Right around the corner. Rest right around west, the corner. West of Washington. Oh, I know why I remember the name. Yeah. <laughs> um, and hello, Brad Reeves from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Hello to everyone else that we couldn't get to. We look forward to having y'all here as we work through a couple of stories, a couple of updates. And of course, Fergal Glenn's joining us uh, from Six River Systems around 1225 p.m. Eastern time. If that's the case, Greg, we got to get cracking. You ready? Yeah, let's do this. I suppose we ought to get to work, right? That's I think so. People, but ultimately, I think these people are here to get some information. <laughs> I agree with you. Um, now, before we start talking supply chain, though, you know, want to point this out. You know, it's been a, it's a tough time going back, you know, what, 10 days now or so, midst of this global conflict that is Russia's invasion of Ukraine. But the good news there, Greg, and if you look Please. hard, you can find yeah. that good news. It's really been a beautiful thing to see the world come together uh, and in support of the Ukrainian people. And so I just grabbed a couple of images I saw over the weekend that I just I love uh, from the arch there in St. Louis to that is the Peace Tower in Ottawa, a new landmark for me. Uh, we have the Space Needle in Seattle, of course, Christ the Redeemer statue in Rio de Janeiro in Brazil. Uh, the Eiffel Tower in Paris, the Brandenburg Gate in Berlin, you name it. Wow. The, really, the world coming together. And, you know, my favorite thing that I saw, Greg, uh, I think favorite without a doubt over the weekend, and that's to see the brave Russian people speak out against Putin's invasion from Moscow to Siberia to St. Petersburg. Arrests of protesters were made in 51 cities across Russia, according to the AP. I love that they're finding their voice and they're uniting with the world against uh, the aggression that we've seen. You know, you know, I studied, not everybody probably does, but you know, I studied Soviet politics during the Cold War. Putin is a particularly ruthless and uh, deadly leader. Those people right. may never be seen again, and they know it when they hit the street. So it takes an exceptional amount of courage to do what those people are doing in Russia because they know there is a very good chance that if they are abducted, they will never be seen, never be freed. So um, I think that's exceptional. Obviously, I think the leader Zelensky of of uh, Ukraine 
though he's he's on the border now of Belarus and and Ukraine negotiating right. with the Russians in what is effectively a war zone with a country that allowed Russian troops to cross their territory to get to Kiev faster. Um, man, the guts of that guy and those Agreed. people to stand and fight um, is just, it's inspiring, it's impressive, and frankly, it's absolutely necessary. Absolutely mm. necessary. Excellent perspective there. I'm with you. Um, so uh, our prayers, thoughts, best wishes, and support. You know, there's lots of sites out there. Y'all can go uh, Googling where you can donate to the effort. Uh, we found a couple this weekend. So um want to start there because, you know, it's, it's truly, with, with few exceptions, glaring exceptions, but it is what it is. It's brought the world together, and we certainly need that at a time like this. So, all right. So setting that aside, and I want to say hello to Jason T. Hopkins is back. You know, Jason dropped a T-shirt-ism last week on the live stream. Right. Old TV is back with us. Uh, Tom Valentine, the one and only. Good Monday afternoon to you as well. Uh, T-squared holds down the, <laughs> holds down the fort, uh, ready for Monday nourishment. Uh, getting ready for the uh, cookie of pus ice cream cakes for St. Patrick's Day. How about that? Okay. I'm I'm Carvel is new to Georgia, relatively new to Georgia. So I'm not I'm not that familiar with Carvel and their ice cream traditions. I'm pretty familiar with the burgers, pic- which are pretty tasty. <laughs> we gotta see pictures, T squared. Pictures, my friend. And finally, hey Gary Harper, old friend, uh, is back with us. I want to I want to say we sat down with Gary in Charleston, what feels like forever ago, but it's probably about two years ago, Greg. If yeah. you remember. Yeah, of course. It it was it was 2019, correct? Yeah, well, agreed. And we may be heading back there. Oh, there's a teaser for him, Scott. We may be heading <laughs> back to South Carolina to talk global commerce, global mm. international affairs, and global supply chain. So, well, that is a perfect segue. What? Uh, because, of course, global supply chain, right? That's where we're starting. Right. Uh, that's where folks are tuned in here. Um, so, TPM 2022 is taking place right this minute, Greg. Well, might be a little bit early. I'm not sure what time they get started. I bet there's are they're already cracking though. Long Beach, Making California. TikTok videos right now. <laughs> that and lots of deals, right? Lots of deals, especially those critical year-long freight contracts. So get this, uh, Greg. Speaking of ocean freight, according to the Wall Street Journal and Freightos, the average price for the 40-foot container move from China to the U.S. is between seven k and eight uh, uh, seven thousand eight thousand dollars right now. Uh, last year. It was about fifty five hundred, and that's if you book in advance. Now the spot prices to move a container from Shanghai to the U.S. around sixteen thousand dollars right now. Last year that was forty seven hundred. So Greg, your thoughts on the pricey? uh, If you want to ship something, be prepared to pay the price. Well, and many companies have paid the price, obviously, because we look at the backup in the ports. Um, and, and think about this also, not just the cost of the container, but the cost of rerouting, which a lot of, of companies are having to do because the West Coast ports are clogged up and now some of the Gulf Coast ports are clogged up. And now, you know, as we've talked about, some of the East Coast ports are clogged up. I mean, the ones in New York and New Jersey are always inefficient, but that's starting to move south and impact some of the ports like Charleston and Savannah and Jacksonville as well. So. I don't know that people understand that that is an additional cost as well. So, yeah, right. I mean, and, and the rates were up last year 
over what they had been before. And this doesn't even address, I mean, this does identify that rates are up incredibly, but it doesn't address the extreme cases like $25,000 or $30,000 containers, which can occur based, again, on how uh, subject, let's say, to the spot market you are. So, you know, we're in the wrong business. We should have been in that container shipping ocean freight business, Greg, I tell you. Um, but you make great points because the, yeah. these aren't set in stone. They fluctuate quite a bit. Um, but there'll be a lot of deal making going on with all of our friends out there uh, at TPM this week. And I've heard a lot of great feedback. You know, our friend uh, uh, of the many um, hundreds and if not thousands of people out there, Kathy Morrow Robertson. Uh, Greg, who's a great yeah. follow on Twitter. She's offering up summaries each and every day. So y'all check that out. Here's Luke Small. Luke Small, tuned in from a very wet Seattle. I thought I saw Luke somewhere. Man. Luke, great to have you here. When you say very in front of wet Seattle, I mean, you, you don't even need to say <laughs> wet Seattle, right? But right. when you say very, I wonder what that must be like. Actually, I used to know. <laughs> I used to work up in that area of the country quite a really? bit. Really? Oh. I mean, when it stops raining, I got to tell you, everything is so green. And when the sun hits it, it's amazingly beautiful because it, it just rains all the time. And well, you get used to doing things like mowing your lawn during the <laughs> misting rain, because if you didn't, as I was advised, you would never mow your lawn. Wow. Well, Luke, let us know. And we want to see some pictures. Yeah, but, uh, Luke, all mean, things. Right. <laughs> right. Luke loves talking digital transformation, of course. That will be the backdrop of our conversation with Fergal Glenn with Six River Systems here yep. momentarily. He'll be joining us in about a little less than 10 minutes. Hey, Gene Pledger is tuned in. Great there to see you, is. Gene, as always. Uh, Peter Bolay is talking about uh, the 12K to 23K in the span of four months, the spot market. Holy wow. cow, Peter. Uh, Dr. Rhonda is back with us. She's running late. That's okay. Rhonda, you have full permission. Probably don't literally need to see running late, Scott. Literally <laughs> running, right? Right. <laughs> And Gary's confirming confirming our memory. It was 2019 we yeah. sat down with Gary in Charleston. He's with Zebra now. So good to see you, Gary. Um, all right. So I want to bring up – so Rowett asked a great question. And it, it, it stemmed from one of your updates that he has seen, uh, Greg. And we haven't – we need to educate uh, our ecosystem because uh, this is new to me. I knew you were on a cadence. I didn't know what cadence. Yeah. But you're dropping – this thought-provoking supply chain commentary every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Is that right, Greg? But yeah, that's right. I do a post, usually find an article, um, do a little summary or commentary on the article and drop it on LinkedIn and Twitter. Uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, and I think also Facebook. I can't yes. remember if I'm still doing Facebook. Am I? <laughs> I'll check. I'll check with the team. Yeah. We'll see. But what you can hang your hat on, and yeah. uh, folks, I've been working with Greg White a long time. And what I've always loved about Greg White is not only beyond his brilliance, which we're, I'm partial, but it's true. He tells it like it is. And man, these 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 posts, that this commentary is full of not only insights you need to know, but but the t-shirt isms, right? Which uh, Fergo is going to bring by the truckload here in a minute. But Greg, one in particular, uh, yeah. here a minute ago, uh, well, I think this was from last week, you were talking about uh, some of the peak season challenges that iRobot has had. Of course, they weren't unique to iRobot, but tell right. us, give us a little tease of what you were talking about here, and then we'll make sure folks know, know where to find it. Yeah, so I, I think the important, uh, if I can distill it down, the important thing to understand is that 67% of iRobot's demand 
happens from October to December. So they are effectively a toy. They're not, of course, it's a good cleaning device, but it's a big time Christmas gift. So it, the, a lot of their demand occurs that time of year and they missed the season mm. and they just got their product in after having unfulfilled orders. And what that made me think of was some of the companies that are, they are planning very, very far ahead. Um, not only a season, but sometimes a year and a season ahead. And also they're, they're evaluating their supply chain that if they're going to miss a season, they might just skip a season. Uh, you know, my daughter just bought a car and she was looking for a 21 Acura, 2021 Acura. There weren't any because Acura at some point in the model year 2021 stopped making cars, re, uh, you know, retooled for their 2022s and just went to the 2022s and they were therefore available to provide the 2022s actually early. And it made me think what a brilliant strategy that could be because you avoid the whiplash effect. Now, right. iRobot has all these Roombas that they're going to sit on till th uh, fourth quarter of this year, a, a good portion of them, because they just got them and almost 70% of their demand occurs in the fourth, fourth quarter. So they're going to be selling year old iRobots, or they're going to be promoting the heck out of them to get them out before the next season. So if you can assess the risk as, as equally as great that you'll miss the season as make the season, skip the season and start over ahead one season, just, uh, you know, the genius that you would expect from one of the premier Japanese car brands and other brands that have done the same thing. But it just struck me how smart it is to do that. Well, uh, your your commentary strikes me every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Team, if we can, a big thanks to Chantel, Amanda, and Catherine behind the scenes making production happen today. If we can drop a link to this iRobot uh, commentary from Greg in the chat, folks, we'd, we'd invite you to engage there. Of course, you need to connect and follow Greg uh, so you can engage in those uh, thought-provoking conversations every week, and we'd welcome that. Um, but, Greg. And if you like, can I? Sorry, sure, please. Sorry, Scott. Yeah. If, if you like the article, click on the article. Uh, it's all my commentary is in LinkedIn or in this respective social media, but the article is also linked. If you click on the article, you'll go to my paper. You can subscribe there. I, I will get better about dropping the link in so you can subscribe right from my commentary. Yes. We're not sitting on our hands around here at Supply Chain now, but hey, Skippy. one, you know, one final thought here, and we're, we're going to be bringing in Fergal uh, in just one second. I hope that Major League Baseball does not take a page from, I think it was Audi, uh, and skipping a season. We cannot skip right. seasons around here. Folks, owners, players, folks, we've, we've been through a pandemic. We're facing this global conflict right now. It's silly. Y'all get down, get make a deal happen. You know, Take Amen. a page from the folks out at TPM that's making deals happen left and right. Y'all make... Take me out to the ball game. Yeah, that's, what, that's what we need to think about. <laughs> that's right. right. That is right. Uh, we're, I mean, we're going to need some, we're going to need some, uh, entertainment. No kidding. Right? Departure, so, departure, yeah. protect the psyche. Uh, okay. Yeah. So Greg, I'll tell you, that was kind of a whirlwind front end of the supply chain buzz here at yeah. supply chain. Now we've got an outstanding guest and we've enjoyed rubbing elbows with uh, the great folks over at six river systems, uh, going back a couple of years now, they've been really, man, it's a heartbeat of uh, the automation and, and really making fulfillment happen better 
easier, more enhanced, optimizing it. Uh, we're going to learn a lot more here today. I want to welcome in our featured guest, Fergal Glenn, Vice President of Marketing, X6 River Systems. Hey, Fergal, how you doing, sir? Hi, Scott. Hi, Greg. It's nice to be here. Hey, welcome aboard. It is so great to have you back. Uh, I think the last time we connected was part of the uh, ever-popular Flow uh, event y'all do each year. Right. Uh, we had a, a chance to sit down with Mike Rowe as part of uh, which one of the things y'all are doing at Flow. So great to have you back. Thank you, Scott. It's good to be here. You bet. Now, Greg, uh, we've got uh, this incredible senior leader uh, related to uh, a company on the move, but you know where we're starting our conversation with Fergal, right? No, food. tell me, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> food. We love talking food. And now, before right. we get into uh, automation, where else would we start? <laughs> we love food around here. And folks in the cheap seats, uh, the sky boxes, as it were, love talking food too. So, Fergal, you uh, make your home in the Boston area. And Boston, of course, is known for many things to include great, uh, great cuisine. What's one of your favorite go tos uh, in Boston for dining? My favorite restaurant um and it's a, a boston founded and headquartered restaurant chain it's called legal seafoods and um unfortunately just this weekend the the, the founder of legal seafoods roger berkowitz um he passed away age 94 um wow 94 but um legal seafoods it's my favorite place. it's a place yeah. to go well uh, if i heard you correctly, lost him but uh, it just goes to show what a great diet a seafood diet is. <laughs> yeah, ninety four. What a wow! What right. a full full life. Uh, and if I heard yeah. you correctly, Fergal, I think I think Greg's been to the original in Boston. We haven't been to Boston yet. It's on our on our priority list. But um, are there locations around the country as well? Yeah, yeah. And in fact, oftentimes in airports around the country, right. I, I see them. Um, I, I think the flight maybe in the morning is bringing a lobster down to Orlando <laughs> or Miami and, and you can go and get it to go at the airport. I love it. And I love how they make I that math think work about break. That. <laughs> yeah, they have, they have uh, my, one of my favorites because a company I worked for called Servogistics, um, their founder was from Boston. The spicy fish nuggets, kind of. Have you had that, Fergal? It's outstanding. I think I've had everything on the menu. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. All right. So Me folks, too. I used to die for a layover in certain airports so I could go and, and have some clam chowder or something. But my, my favorite sauce is the pink sauce, not the spicy, but, but the pink. Yeah. The, the mix of, I think it's ketchup and mayo. Yeah. Okay, you're selling. I'm, I'm sold Sorry, on all Scott, of that. I know you're hungry. <laughs> I'm starving now, folks. In the comments, if y'all have been to Legal Seafood, drop a link, drop a comment in there, and let us know your favorite thing on the menu. As Fergal said, he likes everything. He's had about everything, but let us know uh, about Legal Seafood. Okay, so Greg and Fergal, are y'all ready to get down to business? I guess we got to get to work, Fergal. Yes, we got to. We got to. I want. I want to uh, bring up this story that uh, hit our radar from our friends over at Harvard Business Review. And folks, if you if HBR is not on your radar, make sure it is. A lot of great uh, thought-provoking content, just like Greg, uh, over at HBR. Maybe um, a little bit more so, educated than me. <laughs> maybe, just a smidge. <laughs> just a little. <laughs> but this piece, this piece here, focuses on research on how the human workforce 
views automation. Now, I want to add a little context, and, and then I'm, I'm going to come to you, Fergal, get your take on this, then Greg, get your commentary. But, sure. Uh, for a little context here, the global warehouse automation market was worth about $15 billion in 2019. Greg, Fergal, that number is expected to climb to some $30 billion by 2026. Man, those are big numbers. The authors behind this research spoke at length with about 80 members of the warehouse industry across the globe, but mainly focused on frontline workers and supervisors. So with that backdrop, Fergal, talk to us about what you gathered from this research. Uh, thank you, Scott. Yeah, I thought this was such a great piece, and it's great hearing it from the associates on the concrete floor in the warehouse. So it's a completely different perspective than like what we commonly read and hear about, which may be from, say, the director or the VP level who's managing buildings. Right. And kind of what, what caught me and just was like throughout the pandemic, the labor shortage combined with an increase in particularly e-commerce e order demand has just encouraged many warehouses to not only just investigate, but to very quickly go and implement robotic automation. And this type of automation, robotic, flexible automation, um, it is possible to go and to deploy it like really, really fast in, in a matter of weeks or days. Mm. And kind of then mm. like tying back to to the, the report itself, like there, there is a common misconception that when implementing autom autom automation, um, that like this automation or these robots can take jobs away from employees. Um, but like the, the fact is, like, we have both in like both sides of the Atlantic where the study took place. Like we have right. a massive um, labor challenge, and um, automation, particularly mobile robots, working alongside the associates in the warehouse, it can actually like improve the quality of, of working life by easing the strain of manual labor, by reducing the walking that somebody, that an associate needs to do within the warehouse to do their job. And, yep. and then we're, we're seeing as well firsthand that um, ro mobile robotics are helpful to companies to help them actually attract, train, and retain their labor force. Yes, and and oftentimes uh, give that those hirees a better paying job where they're actually adding credentials to their uh, to their um, their knowledge knowledge set and what have you. So if I can, so these points you're making, Greg, you may have opined once or twice very passionately about this stuff because. Um, there's not nearly as many folks that want to take some of the jobs, which is leading to the reason we, we must have more automation in our fulfillment centers and warehouses. Greg, speak to that for a second. Yeah, it's inevitable at this point. I mean, the you know, 3.6 million more people, 55 and over, retired last year than, than we expected to. And they continue to consider it at a higher rate, consider to continue... Uh, continue to consider leaving the workforce at a higher rate than any other age group. So that's basically the baby boomers are leaving. And those are the people who have done these jobs traditionally. I've long mm. said that we need, we need no longer apologize for putting automation into these jobs because nobody wants them. And frankly, the incoming generation, nobody is an overstatement, but very few people want them. 
as is evidenced by many articles and discussions we've had uh, a la manufacturing and, and warehouse um, job gaps. Um, yep. But the, and the incoming generations are unlikely to take a job unless it ties somehow to technology. So either working over the top of technology or working with and in collaboration with technology, that's what the incoming uh, Gen Z and millennials are really interested in. So I think, honestly, I really think the number that you gave, I think that might be a bit conservative. Yeah. Because of the pace of change towards e-commerce. Um, Scott, you know, I just recently adopted use of Instacart, which you've loved for <laughs> over a year, maybe two, I don't even know. And I just saw how how impactful that was. But I, uh, I also, uh, also, because e-commerce has gotten big in other areas, areas we never expected. Right. That, um, there's just not enough people to do the job, to do it effectively enough. And, you know, one of the things that this Harvard Business Review article speaks to is safety in the workplace. And people don't like the three Ds of supply chain, dark, dirty, and dangerous, and particularly not the dangerous. So um, as, you know, as the perception of technology or of supply chain becomes more technology and intellectual based and less brute force and and dirty hands and elbows uh, based, I, I think you'll see this accelerate. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, one, one, I want to back up and, and Fergal, I'd uh, love to get any, any other takes you have around this piece of research. But on the front end of Greg's response, he talked about the notion of cobots, right? And I know that's a big part of the appeal with Chuck and Six River Systems. We're kind of going to the earlier point you were talking about, Fergal. So any, anything else before we get into what you are doing, some of the cool things you are doing at Six River? Um, I suppose just adding on to, to safety. So, so I mentioned... Um, it, it reduces the physical effort, both in right. terms of the walking and pushing something heavy, uh, that being like a, a traditional big manual cart. And so the robotic automation removes that. Um, the other very topical um, feature of these systems is when you, when you think about a, a world in a, a pandemic and with, with a virus, when you implement automation, um, like first of all, you you can have more throughput uh, through your building with with the same number of people, or you can meet your existing throughput level with less people. So automation means you can get more done with less people. Now, when you think about the world in a pandemic, like that, that's a good thing, right? Um, because you need less people in the building, um, but also built into these collaborative mobile robot solutions, there's a certain level of base level of social distan distancing already built in. Right. So with the algorithms that are used to create a pick path, it, it's possible to m alter certain levers so that you can keep your associates um, out of an aisle that already has an associate or you can keep associates right. in certain zones or certain parts of the building so that at least out on the warehouse floor, you're able to keep your people at a safe distance. Love that. Uh, and, and, and what we've learned, one of the great things, silver linings about the last couple of years is how the employee experience to include safety has reemerged as a top priority for organizations as it should be. So Fergal, love how you're speaking to some of that. I'm yeah. going to bring a couple of comments in. 
from the uh, the cheap seats here, uh, Amanda and and uh, Catherine and Chantel, if we can make sure we drop that Harvard Business Review article in the comments so folks can can check that out and give us their take on that. Um, Kavan, and Kavan, good stuff here. He says, robotics and automation for warehouses and plants reduce the release time of an order that will finally reach a customer's hands. The workforce in these areas should focus on maintenance and quality control and monitoring aspects. However, complete crew, move, crew removal may not be achievable for non-standard personalized products. Uh, let's see. Lamont says, Walmart and Amazon are already leading in that direction, uh, talking about some of the robotics uh, thing, things that they're, uh, play it there. Fergal, but you're, you're speaking to, your, your last part of your response there was focused on some of the custom, you know, customizable, making up words here, uh, aspects of, uh, of Chuck and Six River System Solution, right? That, that's right. And like, I, I love that, that comment that was just on the screen. And maybe just to, to touch on that a bit more, two points on that. Sure. Um, like one is in terms of the, the promise or the ser service level of agreements that we have to our customer, um, with these types of systems, you're able to have like a guaranteed service level. And so like, and how that works is, for example, if you know there's a certain order that needs to be on the truck that departs at 4 p.m. today, and now it's 12 minutes past three, well, the system can automatically make sure that the next pick that occurs in the building like, is that order that needs to get out the door because the robot will travel to where that pick needs to take place. And so we're getting this guaranteed service level. And, and then um, it, the other point I want to touch on in the comment is yep. around, there, there's this thing known as the automation paradox. And so the automation paradox tells us that the more automation or the more heavily automated a building or a function becomes, the more valuable the people who are supporting it are. Right. And, and so I love in the comment that it talks about the workforce is actually able to focus on the maintenance, quality control, monitoring aspects. And it goes right back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago, that automation is actually able to like, increase the value of the jobs of the people who are working in the warehouse. Agreed. Uh, I got a couple of comments I'm going to share, but yeah. first, Greg, I got to circle back to you and you're chomping at the bit. Yeah, well, I mean, I look, it has almost never been the case that automation has eliminated people's jobs. It has more, in, in, to Fergal's point, elevated people's jobs. I mean, um, had John Henry not fought so hard against the steam engine, he could very well have been running a steam engine rather than pounding spikes into the rails himself. So, uh, and I think that's that's often the case is you see the elevation of humans to do human things where machines do machine things. I mean, if you think about the work that people don't want today and they will want even less in the future, it's repetitive, it's dangerous, right? It's um, mundane. Those things right. and, and more, of course, can be done by automation, which elevates humans to do the exceptional, the quick thinking, the you know the rapid uh, creative creative and things that are not su not supported by data because it takes data to run these machines you know i i, um, I hearken back to uh i did a lot of work in norway at a time and their uh, all of their 
uh, liquor, wine, and spirits is all run by the state, but four, four, uh, 4PL companies, they had a completely lights out warehouse, except for single bottle packing. So they could take pallets, they could take cases, they could take, you know, all, all sorts of things and do it without a human being being involved at all, except for identifying what gets, you know, gets picked and shipped to elsewhere. But when it came down to the most delicate, the most costly, the most important things that needed to be handled, that always fell to a human. And I, I think that will often be the case. All right. So on that note, I'm going to take a couple of quick comments here. And, and uh, then, Fergal, I want to make sure folks know, they, should, they probably already know, There's maybe maybe two people across the world maybe don't know what Six River Systems does. We'll go there next. But really first, David's part of the welcoming committee. He's officially welcoming Fergal to the live stream. I love that, David. Um, Michael, going back to seafood, right? I'm not going to forget about the seafood. You all made me I hungry. remember that legal seafood in Atlanta. <laughs> I, I yeah. missed it. I used to go to the airport early for <laughs> afternoon flights so I could eat. Michael, there. man, I missed it. But uh, thank you for sharing. Gary, big fan, legal seafood in Boston and the airports. Uh, Peter's dropping in their uh, URL. I love that. Josh says, second best clam chowder he's ever had behind, is it Ivers, Avars? Uh, Ivars. Ivars. Fergal, have you ever had Ivar's clam chowder? Not yet, but I'm going to go check okay. it out. Okay. All right. So putting food aside for the moment, uh, Michael also says robotic arms also reduce the size of facilities and allow companies to repurpose older warehouses closer to city populations. And we all know what's going on with you know urban urban fulfillment these days. Uh, Jason Hopkins is back with us. Jason had a t-shirtism last week, I believe I saw. Uh, great insights. Human and machine interoperability will be key in future processes. Let's strive for machine plus human instead of human versus machine. Fergal, let's pick it back up there. You're nodding your head. I agree with Jason? Um, I, I do. And a, um, a customer of ours, um, DHL, um, and I remember this from from our flow conference last year, that like that was very much the, the topic of, of how they think the subject of how they think about automation. That Love it, it is it, it's it's this marriage that's that that's required. Right. It's not either or you know speaking of DHL, that they just made a, a announced a massive four hundred million dollar investment into cold chain. Uh, Greg and I met uh, one of their um, their presidents leading right. that investment just the other day. We'll be releasing that interview soon. But uh, we'll have to dive deeper maybe in a future appearance, uh, Fergal, of y'all's intriguing work with DHL. Um, speaking of you, Fergal, and the team there, uh, Chuck and, and the rest of the team, speak, if you would, in a nutshell, just so folks, you know, low-level setting, tell us about what Six River Systems does. Yep, certainly. And so we're focused on solving our customers' business challenges. And like there, there's three big areas of value um, and challenges that we solve. So for our customers, we help them, as mentioned, offset their labor, labor shortages. And we do that by providing a solution, Chuck. That's, um, so Chuck is our, our autonomous mobile robot. So we provide a solution that makes it easier for our customers to attract, train, and retain associates. Um, another benefit our customers get is like, we help them to increase their operational efficiency. So by adding automation onto the warehouse floor, and in particular the way like, we have approached um, how we built our robot, where it's a directed workflow. Um, so a directed workflow means the associate 
on the warehouse floor, that associate follows Chuck because Chuck knows where to go. Chuck doesn't stop for a break. Chuck moves at a nice, brisk walking pace. And, and then finally, um, because of the flexibility with like how we've built our solution, it helps our customers to like boost their resilience and reduce business risk. Um, an example of that being, there are many both free PLs and retailers in the world today that have multiple warehouses. And so as demand ebbs and flows between buildings, because nothing is bolted to the floor, you can back a truck up, take your robots from building A and move them to building B. And so kind of finally, like how this all works, it's like we're, we're producing a combination of cloud-based software services and hardware, which includes our AMR Chuck and all of its onboard control software and workflows to like, help our customers improve the efficiency of, of warehouse operations, all alongside like working like directly with their existing WMS that they already have. Love it. And I love the fact that Chucks can take field trips, Greg, to other sites and uh, help in uh, the good fight there. Um, really quick, a little departure. Now that now that uh, Fergal is just kind of level set, make sure everybody understands what Six River Systems does. Rohit uh, has got a question. Uh, so, Greg, a moment ago you were talking about um, you know the the path ahead. Rohit asks a follow up question to that. And Fergal, I'd love to get you and Greg just to weigh in really quick. Your Reader's Digest response to this. Rohit says, speaking of automation, loading, unloading is the process which is only possible, he says, through people. Do you think automation can take over loading un and unloading to containers? Greg, you first. Unquestionably, uh, at least for some kinds of products. I mean, we need to have some discipline when we load these things, throwing garbage bags full of stuffed toys into a into a container is not going to be easy to automate. But if you palletize or package the product and then put it in the container, uh, then certainly you could do that. And Peter Bolay said, uh, you're, you're talking the same thing here. R-coded so. too. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Peter good, says. Good call, Peter. <laughs> Peter says, certainly, if it can all be palletized and barcoded, it can be easily accomplished, he says. Yeah. Barcode would we have need, all the We need more discipline there, right? Um, yeah, agreed. And, you know, and I think you'd have to do a cost analysis to determine whether the extra effort is worth it. Uh, excellent point there, Greg. All right, Fergal. Um, so I, I agree with Greg that um, there will be certain scenarios, certain permutations that we, we will be able to automate. And like we, we see that already today um, for both like inbound work and outbound work in a building. Um, and then just to kind of point out like I, I think why um, AMRs are receiving a lot of attention today for picking is that it's actually picking that makes up a vast majority of the costs in a warehouse where like you know your 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 inbound and your outbound percentage wise is, is much less than what we're spending, um, particularly mm. in warehouses that are doing manual picking. Excellent point, yeah. Fergal. And by the way, I love permutation what a great word uh fergal i'm about to go look that up in a second make sure i'm on the same page with you um hey grow heat great, <laughs> great question Rohit. keep the questions coming we can't always get to as many questions based on what we're chatting through here today but great question um and david i'm adding what david says here it's, it's not the beginning of the robot overlords that most naysayers try to turn it into excellent point uh, yeah that yeah. happened a long time ago so <laughs> That's I right, saw, Greg. I saw iRobot. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, Fergal, 
we've got some uh, big things coming up uh, here in the Atlanta area. We have what is referred to, regarded as, uh, the gr- the biggest and greatest supply chain trade show in at least the Western Hemisphere. And, of course, I'm talking about Modex 2022. That's coming up March 28th through the 31st. Now, Six River, Greg, it's one of our favorite you know events like that. Companies like Six River really they put on the Ritz, right? You get to see that automation and robotics. That's and, where and we met Chuck originally. That's true. In 2020, right? That is true, Greg. So, Fergal, what do y'all have planned up your sleeves for Modex 2022? We're so excited to get back to Atlanta. First time for Modex in Atlanta in two years. Um, we're going to be showing like the latest and greatest features in our product line. Um, we're going to be introducing some new and exciting uh, pieces of hardware that complement Chuck, that allow um, our company, our solution, to be able to go and work in areas of the warehouse that we don't work in today. Um, But we're adding capabilities to the solution that that, um, allow our customers to get more value from the operation. And so we we, we, we position what we're doing as a wall-to-wall fulfillment solution. And so um, visitors to Modex will be able to see this end-to-end demo where it's really like wall-to-wall in the building from replenishment to outbound. And then also we're going to be introducing some floor-to-ceiling capabilities as well. So think about in a building where there may be those picks or tasks that need to take place that are higher than somebody can reach on their own from ground level. And so we've got some exciting stuff to show there. And, And then... We, we like to have fun as well. We like to have fun. Yes, we like um, we like attendees to be able to come in and use Chuck. And we've been running, it's been a couple of years since we've run this, but we do a picking challenge. So we have this competition called Pick to Win, where you can come in and you can compete with oh. your colleagues. You could get to compete with everybody else at the event for, for great prizes. And we're going to have different prizes on offer every day. So... If you're in the area, um, Modex is free to attend. Um, if you're in the area, come on in. Come visit us at booth 8832. Sign up for Pick to Win. In 30 seconds, you'll be trained on how to use Chuck, and you can be competing against your colleagues or other folks at the show. <laughs> well, so two quick questions, Virgil. Are you offering prizes, and or is there any drug testing involved of the athletes in the Pick to Win competition? Excellent question. No, yeah. Um, so <laughs> performance and health no drugs are not allowed. allowed. <laughs> yeah. PEDs are not allowed, Fergal says. Right. So let's get that out mm-hmm. to the press. But yeah, Modex is free to attend. I see our production team has dropped that into the comments. Uh, Greg, you were alluding to their presence last go-round a couple years ago. Um, what did you hear there uh, that would make you turn out and, and, and compete? Well, I, I mean, honestly, I'd like to go head-to-head with – with Chuck. I know he would whip me, but I would, I think it would be fun. I think it would be fun to do kind of, as we were talking about a John Henry type, um, comparison of a human versus Chuck and see how that goes. Also, is it possible that Chuck has some bartending skills or anything like that, that you could, you could possibly use in a home <laughs> um, that so it's funny that's um, one of the most frequent questions yeah we, we get asked but chuck is very happy in the warehouse that that's where chuck is at home that's the next release right fergal 
probably shouldn't be serving drinks there. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At least not during the week. Hey, speaking of uh, pleasant environments, Dr. Rhonda drops a great comment here. And, and really, I love how we've, through this automation conversation, we've kept the work workforce front and center throughout. And I think that right. that's really emblematic of, of what organizations must do. Uh, she says, critical to keep a pulse on the employee's needs in the workplace, whatever this environment looks like today. Yes, performance training and tech development is key, as well as knowing what our clients and partners need as things continue to change. Super fun space to work in. Never a dull moment or a normal day. Well said there, Dr. Rhonda. And great, so great to have you here today. Um, all right. So we've dropped... Speaking of Modex, we've dropped a link in the comments so that um, you can learn more about you know connecting and picking to win, competing against Chuck at Modex. But y'all have got one. Well, hang on a sec. Before we talk about this tour, um, Chuck, where did this name come from? I'm not sure if I've ever asked. No, I'm glad you asked that. Yeah. Yeah. So, Fergal, is there is there a really cool story behind how y'all named Chuck? Chuck? So, yeah, th there is. And it actually... It ties back to the, the beginning of our conversation and we were talking about Boston. Um, so it's the Charles River that flows through Boston. And when we were thinking up of a name for our company, we wanted there to be an association with Boston. And there was already like a ton of companies that were using Charles River. Um, but we thought, oh wow, like just so Chuck as an alternative to Char to Charles, like Chuck. It, it just it sounds and feels like something that should be in a warehouse. And so, yes. so Chuck is from the Charles River. It also Got feels it. very approachable. It's a very approachable name. Yeah, it is. It's, I can picture going and grabbing a, a beer or a playing around the golf with someone named Chuck. Uh, Greg, huh? Yeah. Well, my dad's name is Charles. So he was a Chaz. Oh, is it? But uh, but yeah, I mean, I think a nickname is always a good thing and, and so appropriate. You're right, Fergal, for a warehouse. You can just see him wearing his like blue button down shirt with his name on there. I love I just it. Think that it's perfect. <laughs> it is. And then like our customers though, then they, they, when they get their robots, they name them themselves. And so as you go around the country uh, from warehouse to warehouse in, in some facilities named after sports teams, sometimes it's named after sports players, um, Oftentimes we see Disney characters show up, um, capital cities around the world. Um, our, our customers, they get to have some fun as the robots are coming into the building. And, and oftentimes it's the associates who get to decide like what these robots will be named. Love it. I love that. So it's kind of, uh, kind of like uh, Cabbage Patch Kids. You, get to, you could name your own Chuck, right? <laughs> or... Garbage Pail Kids, if you're uh, a child of the 80s. Right, if you're born in this century. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Fergal, yeah. um, as if Modex wasn't enough, and I'm not envious of you and your team, y'all going to have a very busy month of March. Um, but talk to us about this site visit, which we've got in the comments as well, uh, at Project yeah. Vert on March 30th, which is, I think, the middle day of Modex. Tell us about that. So we, we have this great customer, Project Vert. Um, they're just outside of downtown Atlanta. And they have generously um, offered to, to open up their doors for operators who are interested, operators at Modex who are interested in seeing Chuck and our fulfillment solution in action. And to, um, to, to sign up, visit sixriver.com slash Modex 2022. Um, 
we will be providing transportation to the warehouse. We'll bring you back as well. Very cool. um, but but in there, you're going to get to hear from the leaders of Project Vert. You're going to be able to um, see firsthand associates using it and, and maybe as well go out and pick real customer orders yourself. So I hope to see as many of you possible there. I love that. And the link is in the comments, folks, yeah. to learn more about that and Modex. Um, and, you know, Greg, we've had an opportunity to rub elbows with the folks uh, at Project Vert, dynamic organization yep. on the move. Uh, and it's, it's neat to see y'all's collaboration, uh, Fergal. Um, all right. So, Greg, before we make sure folks know how to connect with Fergal, I want to give, and while he's still here with us, yeah, sure. I want to give you the, an opportunity to kind of share one of your final thoughts around Chuck and the Six River Systems story. Well, I think there's nothing to fear here. First of all, um, you know, it, it's absolutely necessary the the safety that is instilled, the um, accountability and the um, quality that is that is uplifted by using using this kind of technology is great, and it and it does. I will contend until the day I die, it does elevate, not eliminate, people's skills and their jobs and their capacity to to work. And it, again, it allows technology to do technology things and people to do people things in a way that is both productive for the company and very much more satisfying for the individual. So well said. Uh, I, I think it, you know, it's inevitable. Of course, it's inevitable because the, the, you know, the changing nature of the workforce, but it's also, it's also something to embrace because it's going to elevate all of us. Well said. Nothing to fear here. I love how you started that. Okay. Uh, Fergal, uh, always a pleasure to reconnect with you and your team. Love love the, uh, this might sound a little bit cheesy, but I mean it. I love kind of the fun factor, how y'all look for ways to uh, engage that and play that up. Uh, it makes, you know, just like Greg said, there's nothing to fear here, but it makes it all much more approachable. Uh, so Fergal, how can folks connect with you and the Six River Systems team? Um, so you can go to our website. Um also connect with me on LinkedIn and connect with our company on Twitter. Wonderful. Or if you're in Boston, you might want to check out Legal Seafood and you might just see Fergal chowing down with the family. Uh, and definitely <laughs> if you see him, make sure you get his yeah. take on what you should get uh, from the menu. Is that right, Fergal? That's right. I mean, you can't go wrong with the lobster roll. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's the truth. You heard, Absolute truth. You heard it from the expert here. Well, big thanks uh, to our friend, Fergal Glenn, Vice President of Marketing with Six River Systems. We'll see you again really soon, Fergal. Thanks, Thank Fergal. You. I love it. There's so much going on that they're involved with. But Greg, you said uh, like you always get the t-shirtisms. There's nothing to fear here, folks. You got to lean into uh, automation and lean into the opportunities that it will offer your career and your professional journey, like so many of the folks uh, in the, the comments said. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'll take all the pronunciation tips that I can get, Greg. Peter uh, tells me that the vert, hang on a second, let me back up to his first. The T-E in vert is silence. So it's, it's, it's ver. Got to roll the R's, which I'm not. It's like V-E with three D's. That's the way I try to think of some of these words in ver. Or some, sometimes it's kind of like that. So, yeah. It really depends too on accent. Um, yes. Because Peter is in Quebec. So that's, it's somewhat, it's pronounced somewhat differently than it is in some, in France. And even areas of France pronounce it differently. 
we can't well, Peter. pick up on that because to all it's <laughs> to us it's just like Steve Martin said they got a different word for everything. But 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 if you if you're there and you listen to it enough, you can actually hear it. Well, thank you, Peter, for having our back there. Uh, Chris says thanks for the discussion. Hope to run into everybody at Modex. We do too, Chris. Uh, Dr. Rhonda, appreciate you contributing today as yeah. always. Love that. Jason has a great vision that she's doing this with headphones in and like <laughs> like climbing a mountain, right? No kidding. That's all I can picture, Dr. Rhonda. Yeah, it, giving us good tidings from the mountaintop. Uh, Jason says, uh, and, and this point. goes back to a conversation back and forth, but Jason loves the uh, kind of what um, Fergal was speaking to. We're automating jobs, but given the workers – that that are you know moving on to other opportunities, educating them, investing in their workforce, right? The organization wins, they win, the, the customers win. I mean, everyone wins here. It's a really excellent point because you know, in a lot of uh, business societies or or business cultures, it's a given that that's going to happen, but you can't count on it. And some companies are very short sighted about things like automation and autonomous, and they have to recognize that that people will be elevated lest they be eliminated. And um, the elevation is much, much more productive to the company, but not everyone sees that early in an right. automation adoption phase. So, Agreed. Agreed. Uh, Kavan, great to have you here today. Appreciate your commentary throughout these live streams. Always yeah. a pleasure. Thanks, everybody. Rob, yeah, appreciate that feedback there. Uh, make sure you connect with uh, Rob Moreland as well. Peter's given some more uh, cuisine, cuisine, uh, cuisine. Uh, input there. I love Smoke Peter Bolay. It's one of the best foods you'll ever eat. <laughs> Stacked All right, this so, high. <laughs> hey, delicious. I'm. Hey, y'all already made me hungry. So I'm. I'm hitting lunch right after we wrap here in just a second. But Greg, always a pleasure. Uh, I love. Yeah, likewise. You know, one of the coolest things about this is is being able to bring on leaders from um, highly innovative uh, and cutting edge. Um, uh, aspects of industry here today yeah. and love what six river systems is doing uh so stay tuned uh, as they will join us again in the month of march which is almost here believe it or not um all right so greg big thanks to you i hope you have a wonderful rest of your week but you know we got a challenge we got to challenge all of our listeners right we got to challenge our listeners and all the folks in the comments and wherever if you're listening to the replay wherever you are i wish you all the best but folks hey do good give forward be the change that's needed. And hey, folks in Ukraine, we're with you 100%. Amen. Uh, prayers and best wishes fight to you the by the truckload. Fight. fight the good fight. That's right, Greg. And folks, we'll see everybody here next time right here on Supply Chain. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now. Supply Chain Now.